What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Mike Janella Show. I'm Mike. Obviously, this is my 42nd podcast episode. Hopefully, won't be my last. If you know me, and hopefully you do if you're listening to the show, if not and you're a new listener, welcome. You know I love baseball. I've worked in baseball a lot in my career. Uh, one of my favorite sports, if not my favorite sports uh, growing up and now into adulthood. So this week was very exciting because it's those words that every baseball fan loves to hear. Pitchers and catchers reporting. Spring training is here. A bunch of major leaguers are already at camp. But this week on the show, I have someone who's on his way to spring training. He is a catcher prospect slash DH, which we'll get to in a little bit with him, for the San Francisco Giants, entering his fifth season on his way to spring training soon. But I also have him on the show because this guy is smart. He's funny. He's got these hilarious and very honest uh, videos, blogs, a great web presence. It's made him a multimedia darling about minor league life and what it's really like. I want to welcome onto the show this week, the homeless minor leaguer, Matt Perret. Matt, what's going on, man? What's going on, Mike? Thanks for having me on. Dude, that intro, you made me sound like I might actually be a prospect. Yeah, I mean, hey, you got, you got video <laughs> prospect, your baseball prospect, you could be doing it all, man. You've got, uh, you got it all, the world in your hands. <laughs> no, man, thanks for coming on. Now, so, well, actually, you know, I start the show with one thing. So before we get to you and yeah, your actual prospecthood and all the other stuff that you're doing, uh, documenting your life uh, in the minors, I start every show asking everybody, what's the best thing that's happened to you this past week? So no matter what it is, it could be about baseball, it could be about life, it could be about anything. Matt, what's the best thing that's happened to you the last seven days? Okay, so this week, so I just... I- just recency effect. I just got back from LA. Um, so, and I had a, a few great meetings there um, that I'm really excited about that are really going to help uh, bump up production of my content online. I just got back from a conference too. That's one of the main reasons why I was there. I was at a conference for live streaming and it was all about the future of live streaming. It was called Summit Live. Um, and then there was, you know, obviously some VR, AR, MR stuff. Um, and that that stuff always blows your mind whenever you're like, whoa, oh my gosh, like this is the future. So I'd say, yeah, the meetings, yeah, that's probably the best thing that's happened this week for me is just having quality meetings with some really good people and making great connections. That's awesome, dude. And uh, I briefly mentioned it, but for those of you who don't know Matt, it's a big thing for him because you can visit it, homelessminorleaguer.com. And this is a guy, he's putting out videos about you know life on the road and blogs and all this kind of stuff about what it's like being a minor leaguer, which is great because so many guys don't give you that access to what I think is one of the most interesting uh, lifestyles around. I did a couple of years as a radio guy in the minors and just the life that it's like a whole separate world. So to have that someone on the inside kind of guiding you along is great. So uh, it's good to know that you got some some good leads and stuff yeah, well, for, for this past thank week. Thank you. Yeah, so the, I mean, I for any minor leaguer, I think it's important for them to to build their presence early, right? So building their brand before they get up to the big leagues. Most guys, they just wait until they get to the big leagues and they're like, okay, now I'm here. We'll say they get their cup of coffee and now they're they're done and they didn't have any time to build up their brand. Um, so that eventually you can prepare for when you're done playing because it's going to happen to everyone. And athletes don't prepare for that end of their career. 
Um, so they end up going through an identity crisis because they've defined themselves as an athlete for their whole lives. So I find it so important to, to define yourself more instead of by your occupation, by an attribute of yours. So for me, I'd say I'm an entertainer, right? No matter what, I can be an entertainer. I can, I can be an entertainer out on the field, right? By putting a good product out there, or I can be an entertainer post baseball. Like it, it it's uh, an attribute is makes it a lot easier for you when you're done playing. Cause you won't go through that identity crisis. Now, I mean, I agree with you 100%, because, I mean, like I said, I spent a couple years in the minors, and you see the guys who don't have that, and then, you know, either they have, they get injured, or they're they're 33, and they're still in low A ball, and it's like, you know, they just don't realize that there's other stuff in the world, and whether it's an identity crisis, like you said, or they're just unprepared, they just don't know a life without baseball. Now, I'd say, is it fair to say that that's the majority of the guys, and that you're kind of an exception in, in terms of preparing yourself for for ending your career, even though you're right in the middle of it? Yeah. So I'd say, um, I, so people who have, uh, agents who are very invested in their off the field, um, goings on, uh, I'd say they do a very good job of packaging them and branding them, uh, off the field. Right. Um, but it's, I feel like it's so important also because of, Fan inter like being able to engage with fans in a very unique way, right? So you go the major league baseball experience versus the minor league baseball experience are vastly different, right? So you go to a major league baseball game, you'd be lucky to even get a few rows from your favorite player. In minor league baseball, there's a pretty good chance you're gonna have a conversation with that minor leaguer at the game have him sign something, and then you've made a connection right there. Um, so I think if athletes can take that approach to social media off the field, I think that would be amazing. Like just inter- just interacting with fans is – it's such a, an amazing piece because once you get up to the big leagues, they feel like they were invested. They feel like they were there since the beginning, right, early adopters. Mm-hmm. And they're passionate and they understand – mainly right like that you're a human being like that is that you're just a regular person and and sometimes when guys make it up all the way they don't they don't have that relationship with the fans yet now i mean again i think i agree with you with everything you're saying 100 percent. but i i got to imagine that there's a bit of i don't know if it's uncertainty or like discomfort like i mean you tell me because you're going through it do you like when your teammates or coaches or front office, when they see you putting in all this extra work to build a brand and like build relationships and you're not just signing baseballs, but you're, you're spending, I'm sure hours editing videos every week and stuff like that. Do they give you like any shit about, Hey, you're not focused on the baseball enough that you're, you're spending too much time thinking about this outside stuff or what's that, what's that environment like? No, because here's the thing is that people don't realize that baseball players have interests outside of baseball or just no no they no they don't it's just they that's just bats and balls and that's it right yeah yeah no no, they're just they're just dumb jocks right (laughs) yeah friday Friday nights is we're all at the movies and you guys are just hitting fungos that's all you do in your spare time yeah we're just the the lights are on all the time yeah um no so it's athletes have things that they do off the field we also have so much downtime too right Mm -hmm. so i mean we're going 
on a bus ride, you know, everyone has their thing that they're doing, whether that be playing phone games, listening to music, uh, reading a book, watching Netflix. My thing is editing videos and writing scripts while I'm on the bus. Um, so it's, you know, it's, and actually the giants have been very accepting. If anything, they've been more on the other side, like they actually really appreciate my videos. Um, even I was, so last spring training, I was at, uh, I was hitting in, the on the field and I come around the corner and our director of player development, Shane Turner's there. And he goes, I've been watching some YouTube lately. And uh, I said, <laughs> well, Oh yeah. Well, welcome like, to 2007. <laughs> and he, I go, Oh yeah. What, what, uh, videos have you been watching? He goes, I watched one recently, something uh, called minor league love. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I go, oh yeah. That's, and he's like, yeah, I didn't know we had an internet star. That's pretty good stuff. Like, all right. Yeah. So that's like, those are the kind of interactions I get is like they, cause, cause they've been through it and they understand what that lifestyle is like. Right. So it's even relatable for them. And I think what's good for you, I mean, that's the thing, right? So many ball ballplayers, uh, they, they, it's relatable, but they don't know how to express it necessarily, whether they just can't articulate it or they don't know the actual, like the logistical stuff of how do I start a YouTube account? How do I, like, what editing software do I use? So to have someone like you actually be able to do that, uh, I think they, they must see you as sort of a messenger for the larger group. Because, I mean, that, that's good to hear, though. I'm happy to hear that because I could easily see, you know, baseball – I mean, for a sport that you and I both love can be very kind of stuck in its ways and backward facing mm-hmm. with this kind of stuff. So I was kind of afraid for you that maybe you'd get some backlash or some people that didn't didn't approve of what you were doing. But it sounds like it's the complete opposite, which is which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The Giants are an awesome organization. They I mean, they they really take care of their athletes and and off the field stuff as well. So, it, I mean, if if I'm successful at it and I'm making money, like they're not going to stop me. You know what I mean? Like they, they'll be like, yeah, all for it. But I, the difference is that I'm not, I'm not shitting on minor league baseball, right? right? Like in my videos, I'm not shitting on minor league baseball. Like I think it's very important for development. I don't think that like, let me, I'm trying to think about how, Okay, so the example I always use, the example I always use is um, the Ty, the minor leaguers need your help video. With when I say Ty wasn't born into this life, he chose this life. So that it's like with that mindset, it's like you don't have to be here playing minor league baseball. You can go do something else, but we love the game, and that's why we're here. Right, so let's talk about some of those, because you mentioned uh, like that Ty Kelly video you did, or the Minor League Love one. So like the Minor League Love, that was like a, if minor leaguers had a dating app, and it's like very tongue-in-cheek about, you know, it's this guy and this girl, give, you know, played by you and, and uh, a young lady, about, you know, what happens if you guys had met on a Minor League Baseball dating website, and she gives up her six-figure job, and you're like, yeah, but, uh, you know, I have so much potential, and she jokes how, you know, you've got Buster Posey blocking your path to the big leagues. Like, it's, it's just hilarious stuff, and it's it's kind of taking the piss out of yourself a little bit in a good way. But like you say, you're not shitting on anybody or the, or the, the one you just mentioned where it's kind of like one of those Sarah McLaughlin, like uh, animal rights uh, saving commercials for minor leaguers. What, like, 
what's the thought process? Like, what made you want to get into this? How do you do the creative? Like, where do all these ideas come from? What's sort of the origin story of how uh, you decided to to finally put some of this stuff into action? Because the ideas are there. Minor league baseball hasn't really changed much in the last couple decades, but you're you're in a way articulating it in a very uh, unique way. So how did that how did that all get started? Well, so I started my blog. This all goes back to January of 2015, I think. So I started writing. I started because. So I was sitting down with uh, one of my best friends, Steve Buckley. He's a columnist for the Boston Herald. And so I would crash at his place all the time whenever I'd go to work out in Boston. And we'd joke around like, oh, I'm just a homeless minor leaguer because my car was just packed full of stuff. And, you know, he'd be, we'd be sitting down at coffee in the morning and he'd be writing his column. And I'd be like, well, what am I supposed to do? So I started <laughs> writing. Um, and then I started homelessminorleaguer.com because we always joked about it. Um, so then I started writing for um, less than a year. And then so January 2015, I wrote that whole season. And then I started um, video in September, the end of September of 2015 just kind of like trying to dabble in it a little bit it wasn't Mm -hmm. it was just like vlogging like I just started vlogging um and it wasn't even during the season it was after um so I was showing like my off-season life and then I did a little more like um informational minor league videos that um I took stuff I had written and um turned it into video so I had a written and video piece you could do either one Um, and then I was like, okay, well, let me like, let me move a little bit more into doing a, like comedy. And I, I don't know what I had the sketch written. I, I I don't even know what sparked it. What started being like, yeah, let's do sketch comedy. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I can't remember what, at what point that was, but I'd say, Video started, I started to get a little more serious about video with the minor leaguers need your help video. That was in January of 2016. Um, so then I, I, and I started to experiment a little bit more this past year with different types of videos to see, you know, which ones I want to do, which ones I just want to scrap, which ones I want to put on a different channel. Um, so this year was a great learning experience and now I'm really excited to um, do more sketches and what's the issue I find during the season is that it's really hard to get athletes to act. Have you like, what, what's, what's the reticence that they have? Are they just reluctant to look bad or they just think it's outside their skill set or their comfort zone? Like what makes I, it so I, difficult? It, which is right. So I think it might be a little bit of, being outside of their skill set, just or not out. I don't think it's outside their skill set. I think it's they have it because they are at heart entertainers, right? Like that's what you are out on the field. You have to be in the spotlight, but I just don't think they tap into that as easily because they just haven't practiced it, right? Like they haven't um, been up on stage a lot. That they haven't, you know, done a live stream. They haven't done these things where they're in front of the camera just fully exposed that where they're 
running it, whereas most of the time they're doing an interview where someone else is leading the conversation and they are just reacting. Right. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's a stigma thing too. Like for these guys, uh, you know, they, they, they see you doing it, but it's like, Oh, that's okay. That's Matt's thing. It's not really my thing, but you just got to break down those walls, man. And, and, and I'm sure, uh, once they see cause the stuff you do with Ty Kelly, who's made it to the big leagues, that's really good stuff. So I think, yeah, well, just Ty, that's the thing. Ty loves good. acting though. Uh, yeah. Ty yeah. loves acting. He's yeah. He loves being in front of the camera. He loves, so we actually we're kind of writing partners now. And I, Oh, so if I was going to say there was something I was really excited about, um, Ty and I actually just got a writing gig um, on this show that's on Go90. It's a digital series. So uh, once they get okayed uh, for a um, second season, then we're going to be writing an episode for them. So oh, that's awesome, we're dude. really pumped about that. Yeah. Which show? Um. I don't know if I can say yet. All right, I yeah, if, if you're not at liberty to discuss, that's that's okay. I'm yeah. going to put you on the yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah, but we're excited. Yeah, it's a digital series um, on Go90. So That's awesome, yeah, dude. We're really we're really excited about it. So now, like so give some context to this because obviously, you know, it sounds like in the off season's one thing, right? Cuz you can go to like mm-hmm. you can go to Summit Live. You can uh, take time to shoot for a week and edit and get green screen and all that kind of stuff. And now during the season you start transitioning where your time is kind of taken up, but you do have your downtime. It's just, you know, it's not on your terms. It's on the team's terms or the, or the schedule's terms. So what are some more reality checks? Like give people what, what the normal life is like and why you're doing this. Cause I mean, you're making no money in the off season at all, right? You're making very little during Correct. the season. So for people who maybe don't sympathize with, with you trying to do all this extra stuff and going out and trying to get writing gigs, I mean, how do you explain, like, this is almost necessary for you to do in a way, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's necessary. I'm sure I could go. I'm sure I could go do some substitute teaching. Yeah, but that's um, not that's not you. That's not like, like that your that's not your skill set. Like you just said, you know, you're an entertainer. Well, yeah, but I mean, I did get my degree in human development, so it is kind okay. of my skill set. <laughs> All right, skill set. fair enough. I actually didn't go to I didn't go to school for any of this. I just learned how to do it a year ago. Like I learned how to to write to set up shots to write, learn how to write scripts. Like I'm still learning how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I want to do a little more longer form stuff now. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm still, I'm going through this process. I'm still learning cause I didn't know how to do any of this. And whenever I want to, whenever I see something that another creator does, I'm like, Oh, I really like that. I don't limit myself to like what I know how to do. I'll go and research, like, how do I do, for example, multicam? Uh, like, oh, I really like when there's, you know, three camera setup. Like, how do I do that? And then I look that up and figure out how to do it. So it's, it's constantly learning how to um, do this. But in regards to your question, um, yeah, so I guess um, building, like, building this network, essentially, this channel right homeless minor leaguer um yeah I, it's just this whole um exciting experience that i i'm very passionate about it now like i i love making videos like i didn't realize how much i would like it when i had started it um and i i like it a lot more than writing uh frankly because i suck at writing 
you know, a blog. <laughs> uh, it's just not as good as my, um, my, co- my sketch comedy stuff, I feel like. And it's a lot easier for me to write comedy. And it's like um, timing also. It's like, okay, now here's the time to put in a joke. Where, and um, I didn't know that. Um, like, that's not an inherent trait of mine. I had to learn comedic timing and stuff like that too, and do research and watch videos. Which is crazy. Cause I think most people assume either you're like a funny person or you're not like you're born Dave Chappelle or you're not, but you, you can, and right. I think to some extent that is, you know, it's natural, but you can learn this stuff and kind of break it down. So, I mean, student of the game, right? That's something that gets thrown around in baseball a lot, but it can apply to this other stuff too. So uh, it's interesting to know that you've actually like, giving yourself a master's course sort of self-taught in something that you didn't even get started on until a year or two ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Essentially it is, it is like that. Um, and it's cool. Cause I have, you know, Ty who also, uh, loves this, you know, the entertainment industry and wants to do stuff in regards to that. So it's, it's nice to have, um, a writing partner on projects. Anything that's done uh, not alone is always is always a help, especially you know a guy who who's good at it like Ty is. You guys seem to be yeah. a pretty good tag team in the stuff that you guys have done before. Um, so, is anything off limits? Is anything you won't cover? Because I mean, you've written about. I was doing some research, digging back through like old things you've written or done. I mean, you had like a blog post about going to a BDSM festival with like your old host family. That was kind of a surprise. Uh, I mean, you take a lot of good like you know romance of the minor leagues stuff. Uh, you're not shy about talking about how broke you are and like moving from place to place and not being able to, you know, afford a house and all that kind of stuff. I mean, is there anything that you're like, you know what, maybe we shouldn't do that? Or is it, is it all fair game? I'd say, you know, I'm pretty transparent with everything. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's anything that's really off limits. And if anything, I think it's, it like when it comes to sketch comedy, like those were pieces that I wrote, um, that were a little more serious, uh, in nature. But, uh, when it comes to sketch comedy, it's just shedding light on stuff that you wouldn't really think of it in that certain way. Right. So like combining different aspects, right. So, um, I'm going to do a lot more stuff when it comes to dating, um, and these relatable, right. So like everyone can relate to dating, but what does that look like through the lens of a, of a baseball player? Like what, like everyone uses, you know, everyone, millennials, they all are using Tinder and stuff like that. So like, what does that look like through the lens of a minor league baseball player? That's the one, like being, and like I said, I, I've only did it for, you know, a couple seasons, but being on the road trips, on the buses with these minor leaguers, you know, all summer long, the dating is like the one thing that I don't think that's been done properly yet in media, whether it's, whether it's comedy sketches or whether it's a reality show or whether it's just like a, a book. I think that is such like an untapped, like amazing area of content because, I mean, it's, just, it's crazy the way that dating works for minor league ballplayers. I don't know if you have any like good stories that you can share, but I mean, it, it's such a – it's the Wild West, man. It's such a crazy world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Um... And the, yeah, it's, I don't know why it hasn't been talked about a lot. Um, dating is just one of the many aspects that you can touch on too. And I think that's why um, maybe it hasn't been talked about as much. 
Well, I think also, too, because unfortunately, I mean, it's true, but uh, so many of these guys have their girlfriends at home, but also have their girlfriends, you know, in any town they go visit, which I think that's something that it's kind of like, you know, uh, if, if you don't see ignorance is bliss, if you don't talk about it, you don't have to have to deal with that head on, because that's unfortunately, I think, something that a lot of ball players do still deal with. Is that fair to say? Um, I don't see that as much uh, as what I had heard about. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. Um, but I was also at a um, lower level, right, uh, in low A this past year. So um, there's less guys who are dating people, and I don't – yeah, I, I honestly – the Giants do such a great job of getting guys that I feel like I'm in such a bubble – um, there's right. always great guys. Yeah, you guys are just so a high-character organization, top to bottom. Yeah, That's the issue. So, you're, yeah, you're yeah. in your own world. So I, yeah, so I feel like we're really siloed in regards to that, where I don't see that a lot, and I feel like it's because the, the Giants get such high-quality character guys. It's fun. I mean, people, I'm sure people who don't like the Giants will just like scoff at that, but I, there's something to it, right? It's like, oh yeah, here he is talking about the Giants way. Like they're all a bunch of douchebags who think they're so much better than everybody else. But yeah. that's part of it. That's how you win World Series titles, I guess, right? That's part of the, that's part of the yeah, whole Yeah, I'm the whole drinking system. the Kool-Aid. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> uh, since day one. Uh, it's great, man. Uh, so where are you at right now? So you're not, you're not at spring training yet, right? Because minor leaguers don't have to report uh, for a little while longer. So what's... What's the homeless minor leaguer doing right now the last couple of days of his fleeting offseason? Right. So I was living with uh, Ty Kelly and Matt Lujan. Matt Lujan's been in the videos, too. Um, he's a minor leaguer also. He's in AAA with the Giants. So he was in Sacramento this past year. Um, so they just – they both left for spring training early because Matt had just had knee surgery, so he had to go early, and then Ty – uh, obviously heading to big league camp. So I was left uh, on my own to uh, find a new place for the couple weeks where I didn't have to report. Um, so I found a family friend who lived in Newport coast. Uh, it is a very nice neighborhood. Um, I'm like right next door to the guy that invented the hot pocket Vanna White's down the street. <laughs> you yeah, made, you made like, it. You're, you're touching the sun. Yeah, I weaseled my way in here somehow. I don't know. They they keep trying to kick me out at the front gate. They're like, uh, your your thing expired. Like you need to you need to renew it. Like, and I'm like, oh, you want me to call him right now? And they're like, no, no, no. Like, because obviously, like they the security people are like, these people are way too busy, and they're going to be pissed if you know we waste their time. So they're like, just go. We'll put you. We'll renew it for you. So, <laughs> and that's just every single day that happens to you now. Yeah. So I feel like a little spoiled brat, like, um, who's got a trust fund uh, here. Like, I'm going to tell my dad if you don't put me back on the list. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Right, exactly. And now, right now. Uh, that's yeah, fun, that's right, yeah. All right, so, so that dream is coming to an end very soon. Yeah, so then I leave. So, well, Newport Coast, just Newport Coast. I leave for Newport for Arizona and I go to Paradise Valley where I'm staying with another uh, sort of family friend. They're like, I know them through Boston college and they're awesome. They're just like friends essentially now. Like um, they're awesome. Uh, so Paradise Valley is another really nice place. Uh, so 
very similar to Newport Coast. So I'm I'm not slumming it as of recently. I was going to say, you know, your whole brand, Homeless Minor Leaguer, has one connotation, but now you're making it sound like couch surfing with the stars or with the rich and famous can be a nice it's little lifestyle if you do it the right way. Yeah, it's not the worst, man. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was talking to someone last night about this. It's like, um, it, it, I feel, I always feel thankful for the support. Like we're joking around about it right now, but I feel very thankful that everyone is so helpful and understands my situation. Right. Because if I didn't have that support, I don't know if I'd be able to play anymore. Which a lot of people don't get. I mean, the vast majority of minor leaguers, you guys don't have the, the $5 million signing bonus for being a first round pick. Uh, you're making, you know, when you, when you parcel out the money you get to the hours that you put in, it's below minimum wage. Like uh, people don't really understand that just because you are a pro athlete, you know, it, it's, it's the very, very tip of that pyramid that's making a sustainable career salary wise. Um, so you, you need favors, you need help or else you're, yeah, you're not, you're not able to do it. Yeah. And that's where, you know, host families come in and that's such a great setup for us too, especially like in San Jose where we have host families. We don't have host families everywhere, but we have host families in, um, San Jose, maybe I haven't been to Richmond or Sacramento, so I don't know. (laughs) Um, hopefully, hopefully, um, but yeah, San Jose, I have a great host family there. Um, like what you just touched on, they're awesome, very progressive. Uh, and yeah, they're family now too. And that's the case across my whole career is that I feel like my host families are my actual family now. And I still keep in touch with all of them ever since, you know, the, the Cape Cod League from there on. That's awesome, man. I know, uh, yeah, just seeing that, you know, from a, from a secondary angle, from someone who's not, you know, I've never, I stayed with a host family. I did a year in the Alaska Baseball League as a radio guy and I had a host family there, but otherwise I didn't. But seeing how important that is to the players, I mean, it's like you meet, you meet your host families like kids or their other relatives and like, yeah, you become part of that tapestry. It's, it's one of the weird right. uh, unexplained dynamics. That's such a, like a beautiful thing though, uh, for, for minor league baseball, um, which is awesome. There's a skit right there, I'm sure. There's a sketch you can do about, like, I don't know. Oh. A, like a horrible well, yeah. family experience or a great so, one or something. That's a, that's an idea right there for you. So I'm going to plug my new video that I just finished with our friend Steve Hofstetter. Uh, yeah, he's been on the podcast so, before, friend of the show, yeah. Yeah. So we just uh, finished filming, uh, when was it? Back in January, this sketch about a family that's hosting a baseball player and it's this cheesy 90s sitcom with all the baseball puns thrown in so that one is coming out pretty soon so i'm really excited for that it's probably going to be over on steve's channel um but yeah so i have a really interesting and so ty and i wrote that but i have a very interesting perspective on host families because i actually used to be a host family for the AA affiliate for the Red Sox, the Portland Sea Dogs, I grew up in Maine. And so we had guys coming through all the time. And I grew up with players. And my first experience in a minor league clubhouse wasn't my first year in pro ball. It was when I was the bullpen catcher for the Sea Dogs when I was in high school. 
Wow, that is so cool. Speaking of families, I'm recording this in my parents' house right now. There's a phone going off in the background. Who still has a landline? I guess my parents are the only people that. Um, so, yeah, this is the joys of, 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 of uh, live-to-tape recording. Um, that's great, though, man. I mean, it, and I think I'm, I'll be looking forward to that sketch as well. Um, here's another idea I had, though, and maybe this is something you've thought about before or not. Cause, so you mentioned you're going to, to spring training now. And like you're different because you've had the experience you mentioned since you were a kid, you know what clubhouses are like and the minor league lifestyle. But like I noticed this last year when I was I was working with the Padres and I was you know in camp basically all six weeks. And maybe it's different with the Giants organization or with others, but the big league club at spring training is almost entirely like quarantined away from the minor league camp. You may run into guys like in the cafeteria, but everything else is like completely different. I love quarantine. That's the word too. It is, right? It's like (laughs) they're in their own locker room. They get their own like time alone, like their own practice fields. You're never mingling. It's, it's uh, yeah, you're you're boxed up. Is that the same way for you guys? Because I feel like that it's like a Downton Abbey kind of vibe, but for minor (laughs) league baseball, that could be a sketch right there. Yeah. Oh, Downton Abbey baseball. That's yeah. (laughs) There you go. You, the, the title's hey, all yours. Yeah, just you. give me a shout out in yeah. the credits and then take it. Yeah, for what it's of worth. course, of course. No, I think that's a great idea, and yeah, that's how it is for us too. Um, it and I know some organizations aren't like that, um, where the team is at another complex. So the Giants are like that. So the the Giants, just, it's just because uh, we use the city of Scottsdale's facilities. So. We have our. We don't have like the four leaf clover style fields. We have like two fields, and then you go down the road, and then there's two more fields um, for field the three and four fields. So there's one and two, and three and four. Um, yeah, so it's very different. Uh, it's the Giants have a different minor league setup, uh, or just a spring training setup, and then the big league side is over at Scottsdale Stadium. They're like down the road. So we never see those guys unless they come over, uh, which actually happens a good amount. They come over to do, um, say a bullpen or something like that, or, uh, or live, they want to throw live and they don't have a game that day or, um, you know, they don't want to have to travel. So. Oh, so you really they are separated. Yeah. Over. Cause the, the Padres, I know it's the same building. Like the locker rooms are down the hall from each other, but it's just, you're kept apart, but you guys are like physically miles apart from each other. Yeah, we're seriously quarantined. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> stick those <laughs> guys. Stick those guys over there. Oh, that's so good. Um, oh, that's funny, man. So, uh, so what about you? Like now, coming up, uh, you and I were joking before we started recording that uh, I mean, you're you're a catching prospect. Uh, the Giants seem pretty set at that position for a while. So now you've been doing some DHing and stuff on the side. But <laughs> the Giants are a National League team. So like, what's uh, so what's the spring yeah. going to be looking like for you actually on on the field? <laughs> So um, I do a lot of backup catching, and when I'm not, when we have three catchers on a roster, I'll do a lot of DHing because I'm able, so that they don't have to save me in case of an injury or a pinch running situation. There's three catchers on the roster, I can be thrown in the DH. Now the DH is only used at A ball and below, from high A down. And then double A, triple A, they use, um, they don't use the DH. So uh, I have a good bat and they're able to, you know, plug it in whenever they 
can. The manager, you know, he wants to have a good bat in the lineup. Um, and that happened a lot last year because we were in a playoff hunt. And so I DH to get him out. And that actually got me labeled on the roster as a DH. So I want to make a whole video. Um, I already have the premise and everything. It's called Denigrated Hitter. Oh, a, I like that. That's gold. That's thank good. Thank you. And it's a, well, that's just the title. So I'm glad that part's gold. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah the rest of it's up to so, you. But the title, you already nailed it, I yeah. think. So that's a good start. Thank you. So it's, uh, it'd be sports mockumentary style where um, it's this player who is trying to be a DH in a National League organization fighting the odds. <laughs> and he just didn't realize like it'd be like kind of like a Ricky Bobby Talladega Knight yeah. thing, where he heard like I want to go fast, um, and, but his thing was that like if oh no if you ain't first you're last like that was right, Ricky yeah. Bobby's thing if you ain't first you're last and he like lived by that statement. Well, this guy misheard something, um, you know, and it was like um, you know if you can hit you know, you'll play. And so like, he only focused on hitting his whole life. Didn't even understand when people were going out to the field, like why they were running out there with their gloves. Like he didn't, he didn't understand what that was. So that's kind of the whole premise of that video I want to do. I wanted to shoot that at spring training, but I just won't have enough time with the videos that I want to shoot. Like I have one that I'm doing with Brett Phillips. Uh, He is a, He's with the Brewers. Um, if you remember him, he was the one with the laugh from last year. Okay. Blew up at last spring training. He had the terrible laugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, that all his teammates made fun of him for. <laughs> so that video is going to be about how he didn't realize his teammates were laughing at him, and he thought they were just laughing with him, and the whole world essentially was laughing at him. So. <laughs> He spends all off season working with a laugh guru. Oh, that's I'm great! Perfecting a new laugh for the upcoming season. So, um, yeah. So I'll play the laugh guru, and it's going to be uh, the character is going to be Bruno meets uh, Edna from The Incredibles. Oh, nice! Yeah, no capes. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, dude. yeah, no capes, no capes. Uh, denigrated <laughs> hitter sounds great, though. Like that, that Ricky Thank Bobby you. take on it. Like, you could be second, you could be third. Hell, you could be fourth. Oh man, that's good yeah. stuff. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's gonna be that's gonna be really Thank awesome. Um, all right, we're, I'm gonna get to. Uh, we end the show with a couple of fun segments always. But before we get to that, I do want to uh, get your take on a couple serious topics because obviously it's been all fun talking about videos and stuff like that, but. Um, I mean, one big thing, you know, we've alluded to it throughout uh, our conversation so far today is the, the pay structure. And like last year, you know, the minimum wage lawsuits were coming out and you know, that was a whole big talking point for baseball uh, fans, players, people involved. You're in it now. What was it like for you guys last year? What was it like now when you're seeing, uh, you know, potential legal action litigation uh, coming out about sort of your lifestyle, your your pay scale, stuff like that. What's it like for you being on the inside now that I'm sure that's going to be coming up again once the season starts soon? Yeah, you know, it doesn't really – I don't really look into it much because even if, like, we got something, it wouldn't be much, right? Like, if we got compensation or whatever. So, I like, I, don't, I really don't um, follow it that much. I'm just so 
Uh, like I have no idea where it's at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like, I don't really, I don't really care because I, you know, I really like my situation and I like, and I know that, and I'm going to keep talking about the giants and how great they are, <laughs> but they do such a great job of taking care of us that, um, you know, it's hard to complain. Um, you know, we get whole foods catered before and after every single game. We don't have to pay clubhouse dues anymore. Like, it's just crazy. Like how much they take care of us so that we don't have to worry about anything off the field and we can just play. Man, it's great. And I mean, I think organization to organization, that is something that uh, some places are, they're afraid to do that, whether it's financially motivated that they just want to cut corners or they don't understand the importance of taking care of everyone. But I've been there, man, for you guys, like little things like that, just getting Whole Foods catered, that's like a game changer. That can be a whole yeah. a whole life maker for a season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Whole Foods was definitely a game changer. Um, yeah, and I take leftovers home too, so. Uh, that, yeah, <laughs> leftovers and saving the per diem that you get on the road just by eating cheap and pocketing that extra cash. That was like the two ways that I survived. Yeah, uh, man. Waffle really House was my friend last year for sure. Oh, man. Yeah, you get smothered and covered, and that'll take care of you uh, every time you got to go. Um, all right. And, and the last topic I wanted to touch on, because it seemed like this was a very important thing to you, and uh, you know, it is to me as well. So I wanted to get your take on it. I was doing some research again, getting ready for this talk. And I saw an interview you did a couple of years ago, how one like personal thing that you really love uh, carrying the flag for is combating what you call the casual homophobia in baseball clubhouses. Now, that's been two years ago, so I wanted to get your take on it while I had you. Have you noticed any changes in that in, in, the, in baseball since you started uh, you know, breaking in? Or are things still obviously uh, a lot more work to do? How would you say the progress is sort of... Uh, it's a crazy time now politically and socially and culturally for the world at large in our country. We're not going to go too deep into that. But baseball in particular, as you start your fifth season in, in the uh, giant system, how are you seeing that change, Matt? Right. And I think and I wrote that piece um, about casual homophobia. It was about my brother and, and his story um, dealing with casual homophobia because my brother was a better athlete than I was growing up. He had a better arm. He was faster, he was stronger, and, you know, he, the, the structure of sports at the time was just not accepting, um, so, and, and it was just the casual homophobia, you know, fag, all those words, mm-hmm. it, they really dig deep, and or they, they really hurt, they're, they're very hurtful, and um, people don't realize it that, you know, there could be, when they use it in the clubhouse, there could be someone who isn't out yet. And you need to have an environment where it is accepting, where they can be themselves. Um, I think Billy Beans, done, and since then, since two years ago, I think Billy Beans did a great job um, when it comes to inclusion um, in in baseball across the board. Um, and, yeah, I, I think the direction's the right direction now, you know, with, the new president, like, I don't know. It's kind of seemed like just out, like outside of baseball. Like I haven't obviously been back around baseball players, but it seemed like it's given everyone like an okay in, or like they think that they have permission to be like, Oh, okay. Like we don't have to pretend not to be a piece of shit anymore. Uh, and that's where I'm 
and, and I'm not worried with the Giants because they have such high character guys. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> but <laughs> is it cherry Kool Aid or like what's the flavor that they pour for you yeah, guys when you get there? Yeah, I don't know, man. It, it tastes <laughs> good. It's regardless. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think that the uh, I like I said with the Giants, like they they have good guys. I don't think it's going to be an issue with us, but I know that uh, there may be some issues and there's, they're going to need straight allies to, to fight it. Mm-hmm. No, man, it's, it's important and in sports and it is the, like that one last bastion. I mean, the fact that there's never been a gay active major leaguer, like the statistically that's just impossible. And um, impossible. We, we still do have a, a lot of work to go, but people like you, man, spreading that message, I think it's very important. So uh, I hope to continue uh, seeing progress uh, in, in that element of the sport that, that we love. Um, all right, Matt, uh, I end up uh, with two segments uh, every show, and the first one uh, is Turn the Tables, and the last one is the Fun Five, which are uh, five quick fun questions for you and you alone. But first, you do get to turn the tables if you so like. You can ask me any question you'd like. Some people take it, some people don't, but you have a chance, so fire away if you'd like. Did someone answer that phone? Did someone get the phone? <laughs> no, I'm here alone, so I think it was. It went right uh, to voicemail. It just kept ringing. It just kept okay. ringing. Yeah, because here's the thing, right? So I moved back from California. My gig with the Padres, uh, unfortunately, ended um, after the season. And I just moved back, but uh, the condo that I own here in, in New Jersey that I'm moving back into, I have a tenant there who's not moving out for another week. So I'm staying at my parents. I'm living the Matt Perret life, just kind of couch surfing across yeah. America. Yeah. Uh, so I'm staying with my parents for one more week. And like I said, they're the only people I know that still have a landline. And it just rings randomly throughout the day. Yeah. So, But no, it went to voicemail. So no one was here. I was alone there at work. So uh, yeah, well, it'll be a mystery, whoever, whoever was calling here before. <laughs> um, all right, Matt, fun five. It's uh, five quick fun questions designed for you and you alone. So question number one. You mentioned it earlier very briefly, and uh, it did not exist when I was uh, in the minor leagues. And I say in the minor leagues very loosely because I never played. But uh, it exists now, and I'm sure it's very popular. What percentage of players are on Tinder? Would you ballpark oh. estimate? Wow. Um, I'd say single guys. Probably close to a hundred percent. Yeah, so it's pretty pretty uh, market saturated. <laughs> yeah, the single guys. Yeah, I'd say pretty much a hundred percent, or some dating app, whether that be Bumble, Hinge, whatever. Right. Yeah. Anything on there. Um, all right. So it, it's popular. Um, all right. So question number two: You get to trade lives with any big leaguer for this upcoming season. You get to be him for twenty seventeen. Who would it be? Uh probably Hunter Pence, man. Like he, I feel like, cause if I went into Buster Posey's shoes, like that's our personalities don't really match. Sure. Um, and I feel like I'd get exposed. <laughs> They'd know that I wasn't the real Buster Posey. Uh, <laughs> so maybe I could get away with being Hunter Pence. And he's, he's kind of like you, he's all about doing like stuff on the side and videos and everything like that. So I think, yeah, that, that yeah would jive we well. actually did a, we did a collab Last year, yep. uh, uh, it was a kind of continuation of the minor leaguers need your help video where they adopted me. He and his uh, wife, Lexi, who has a YouTube channel. Yeah, no, they put out good stuff, man. And we, we love, in the media side, people like them and like you who, like, have fun with it. You know, have a ball. This is, you know, this is what makes covering sports uh, such a good time. 
Uh, question number three, uh, you talk about how you could be a substitute teacher. You've written blogs before about different jobs that other guys take in the offseason, Uber driver, instructions, instructionals, coaching, that kind of stuff. What's the weirdest off-season job either that you've had or a teammate of yours has had? What's the weirdest thing someone you know has done in the off-season to make some money? So I had two this, this off-season. One was being a part of a focus group for this fighting game that I'm not allowed to tell you what fighting game I was testing. Okay. But I did test out a fighting game. Um, yes. So that one, and then also I was, uh, a participant in a scalp psoriasis shampoo study. <laughs> oh, those are the best jobs where you're just like, you're giving up your body for a check and it's like, Hey, whatever well, it's happens. Very passive. Well, I was, I was so thankful that I did not get the placebo um, because my hair would have been on fire. Cause I actually do have scalp psoriasis. Like I didn't just go there and lie about having, having scalp psoriasis. I do have it. So I was thankful that I got the actual, you know, testing product or else my head would have been on fire for a month. So <laughs> I'm thankful for that. And it's very passive, right? Like showering, like you're going to shower every day anyway. So that's true. I you mean, might as well get paid yeah. for it. Um, yeah. All right. Question number four, bringing it back to baseball onto the season. And you've done some videos on this too. It's a game of superstition, right? Hopping over the foul line, uh, guys with their batting gloves. What is the dumbest superstition in baseball? What's the one that even you, you're like, I just cannot get behind this? Um, anything that doesn't actually help you, I think. I, I always look at it and I'm like, I don't understand it. You're just holding yourself back, right? So, like, um, I talk about it in the video, but if, if your superstition was, you know, I have to eat, you know, green vegetables three times a day, like that is a great superstition, right? Like, whereas if yours was like uh, Bryce Harper, where he has to have a egg of waffles before every game, it's like, dude, that's going to catch up with you when you're 35. <laughs> like, you're not going to be eating egg of waffles. And what happens when you can't get your egg of waffles? right? What happens when you can't get that? What are you going to do? Are you going to be able to play? So I think stuff like that, it's just like, I don't really understand it. So I think those are stupid. Right. It says the guy who eats a uh, Waffle House all the time, worrying about egos catching up to your, your body in your mid-30s. Yeah, right? man, but I don't <laughs> eat the waffles at Waffle House. I'm eating a dozen eggs. There you go. Yeah. You can eat healthy <laughs> anywhere as long as you know what to pick yes. off on the menu. Um, all right, yes. last question in the fun five for you, Matt. Uh, obviously, you are uh, sort of a dual binary in terms of your baseball love, but also your content creation. So I'm going to give you a, a choice, Sophie's choice that you have to make. You can either earn a World Series ring. I'm not going to tell you how. You could be the MVP of the team. You could be a backup catcher. You could have had just one at-bat in that World Series winning season. But you get a World Series ring or you get five Emmys, which means that you created some kind of a show that was good enough to last five years and be so critically acclaimed to win all those awards. Which one would you take? Dude, I feel like, um, I don't know, man. I, I, damn, that's hard. Uh, because you're saying that's five years of success. Exactly. Whereas, whereas it's just one year of not even maybe glory. Like, I might have barely even helped. Like, I could have struck out that at bat. So I think, like, I'd feel a little more accomplished 
with the five Emmys. Like if I actually did something and I was a part of that, whereas I may not even feel like I deserve that world series ring if I just got one at bat. <laughs> so like I, a, a I, little, I th- a little right, guilt and so embarrassment. Th- yeah. Because of the ambiguity. Yeah. It was like a participation trophy essentially. So I think I'm going to have to go with the Emmy just because yeah, the five Emmys, just because that means that I'm established and now I could probably work on some more projects. Whereas with just a world series ring, I don't know how far that could get me. Right. It's the old, uh, it's the moonlight Graham syndrome, right? Field of dreams. Like some guys just want that one big league at bat. Some guys just want that ring. It's the, it's the apex. But I think you're rightly, I agree with you. You're making the, the smarter call in that one in terms of the bigger picture. So, um, but Hey, hopefully you get both, man. Hopefully you get a ring in, in route to a post playing yeah, career, a few Emmys, uh, a few Emmys uh, uh, career as well. Um, awesome. Matt Perret, thanks so much, man. Uh, tell everyone we've alluded to a bunch of your different places where you can find your stuff, but plug away, man. Tell people where they can find uh, all the stuff you're doing. Yeah, so you can uh, find me on YouTube. Uh, the channel is called Homeless Minor Leaguer. Uh, I'm on Twitter, too. Uh, and Facebook, uh, I actually just started a Facebook live show where I'm going to have a new player on every single week, every Monday at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, So I'm heading out to Scottsdale Sunday. I will have someone on the show this Monday. Should be a great time. We had a great turnout last time, last week, and, you know, it was just me. So adding a little (laughs) more star power with a prospect is going to definitely help out. That's great, man. I'm looking forward to it. And, um, yeah, I'm glad we got to meet uh, this offseason because now I'm going to be following you uh, both Likewise. on the field and off uh, moving forward. And it's going to be uh, it's gonna be a blast, man. I wish you the best of luck. And, yeah, denigrated hitter, good luck with that. And uh, Downton <laughs> Abbey dugout or whatever. Uh, dugout Down Abbey, Abbey, maybe dugout. that's the name of it. Yeah, Dugout Abbey. Perfect. Oh, my gosh, man. Oh, Thank man. you for the idea. Oh, it's coming together. Yeah, I'm looking forward Thank to you. that. This was fun. All right, man, I appreciate it. Uh, that's Matt Perret. Make sure to follow him also. Head up to MikeJanella.com. You'll find, I'll have links to all of Matt's stuff where you can find him. Plus, you can listen to all previous episodes of the show and learn all about the great outro music that you're hearing right about now. All right, Matt, good luck this season, man. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. All right, and thanks to you guys for listening. We'll try and do better next time. See ya.